Welcome to Null Pointers. We are your hosts, Stephen, Gerald, and Mark. And today we will be talking about C-Sharp, the one technology that has kept all of us fed and under a roof. So today we will be talking about C-Sharp and all of its new features, upcoming features, and what we truly love and hate about it. But first, I heard that Gerald got a Switch. And yes. I want to know how it is. I have one, and I haven't used it a lot. <laughs> Man, you could have you could have sold it for a million dollars right now. Uh, well, I think it's settled down about now, but you know, it was it was more valuable than toilet paper at some point because everyone was at home, everyone wanted to get out, and of course, I think we talked about this before. Um, you know, Animal Crossing. I wanted to know what it's about. So everyone went out and bought a Switch, so they were kind of not to be uh, bought anywhere. Um, also because the manufacturing in China was, uh, yeah, came to a standstill. So, uh, but I got one and it's amazing. Okay, so I got two questions. The first one, did it drop off a lorry? I don't know, but uh, well, at, at some point it did and it landed in my hands. But they okay. said, here you go, so... I guess. Okay, so we'll just leave it there. And just if authorities are listening, you know, just to keep it safe. And number two, is it true that uh, there's Xamarin running on there? I mean, I always see some screenshots showing it off. And uh, yeah, I was just wondering. Oh, man. Yeah, that, that tweet got me in trouble. Well, not in trouble. But, uh, you you know, I mean, each each thing in the world now has a uh, has an app, right? Uh, mm -hmm. So also Nintendo Switch has, and if you go into the app on your iPhone and probably Android as well, I don't know about that, um, and you go to the licenses because, you know, uh, the whole open source thing, um, you've listened to the episode on that or you will be listening to because I'm confused when, when that's going to be aired. Um, but we have an episode on open source software and the license that's attached to it uh, usually has some clause that you have to uh, specify uh, which libraries are used in, in, in your app if you consume a library. Um, so I, I tend to go in there and I looked for uh, Xamarin and you know what? It's built with Xamarin and Xamarin Essentials is in there and FF image loading and a couple of other cool libraries. So uh, yeah, Nintendo is building apps with uh, Microsoft stuff. That's pretty cool. That's really cool. So for me, it's not the Switch that actually runs on Xamarin, but it's the apps for your mobile phone that runs on Xamarin, which is still quite sweet. Yeah, so uh, from what I know, and I don't know a lot about the Switch except how to play with it, um, and that I keep winning with Mario Kart and everything. Um, but I, as far as I know, it doesn't run C Sharp or Microsoft stuff, but I'm not entirely sure on that thing. I've heard other stories about Mario Kart from your wife, but yeah. So now you're you're just all alone on an island, or how does this work? You have a loan with the with the badger or the the. He's first of one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you know, it looks like a nice little kid video game, kids proof. I don't know. Um, they all look friendly and everything, but 
Tom Nook is man. I mean, he lures you onto this island. He he tells you it's going to be great and you can live there and build your stuff. Um, so you go there. And then the first thing he says is like, you know, you have a debt to pay now, man. You have to pay up. Um, and he comes up with all kinds of instructions, uh, 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 not instructions, constructions, um, to to make you earn money and repay him. So, yeah, I don't know. He basically is just, yeah, a scammer. I don't know. I don't know any, any other way to put it. So basically, you're you're playing real life, but with better colors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they have funny voices. Me 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 me. Yeah, it's. Uh, but no, it's it's kind of fun. I I didn't get to play too much yet, but uh, uh, yeah, it's it's basically just a modern modern version of uh, The Sims, uh, where you can buy and even create a whole bunch of stuff. I think I've seen people on Twitter create their own T-shirts and that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, you start with a tent and from there you start building houses and landscaping and do all kinds of things. So, um, yeah, I think it's a game with an open end. Uh, I, I'm not very good at those kind of games, but, um, you know, it will probably keep me busy for some time. So thank you for our first bleeper ever, Gerald there. Um, really smooth, really smooth. I was wondering, uh, since we're talking about C-Sharp, what was the first C-sharp version you can remember using when you joined the .NET Microsoft universe? Oh, boy. That is a tough one. I, I don't think at that point I was even keeping track of C-sharp versions. Like, I know our company was using Phoebe.net, and we went over to C-sharp because, well... Do I really need to specify a reason? Um, I, I'm not sure. It obviously at that point there there was a choice to be made, and we made the jump to C sharp. But if you're asking me which version that was, wow, I'd say that was somewhere near .NET three dot five. No, end of two maybe. So I'm not sure which C sharp version that translates into, but somewhere around that time. There we have already like the first. Well, what is it? Problem, issue, challenge. I mean, the C sharp version. So the C sharp language has a a separate version from .NET framework, right? Yeah, in the in the newer versions, that's true. But uh, I remember when I began was uh, back when I was still in uni, and uh, I bought myself a book. It was a head first C sharp. I don't know if you remember those books, but they were like a bit special when you learn stuff. I think you can still get them. Uh, so I was I started out at .NET and C Sharp 3.5. Yeah, that that's a, that's a similar direction, I guess. And I do remember those those odd books <laughs> that you mentioned. I actually don't. Just like Stephen, I I don't really know. I, I yeah. Also, I I wasn't very aware of version numbers or anything back then. Um, I do know it was pretty early on when I was back in school and. Um, yeah, we were introduced to like the whole .NET thing and, and the first versions of Visual Studio and, and that kind of concepts. Uh, but yeah, at that time, I had no idea that I would be here today, that there was any concept of, of versions of our things. Uh, but I, I do know that we we jumped on there uh, pretty early. And it was funny because, you know, everyone was learning at the same time. And also the, the teachers, we sometimes were telling the teachers like, hey, shouldn't we be doing things this way or that way? And um, it, it was a fun thing to be around at the time. I, I remember when I was uh, at school, primarily you were taught Java. 
So it was a bit um, pure luck that I ended up using C Sharp. And uh, I must say, uh, I feel lucky that I was able to switch over to C Sharp, especially when you look back at history. I think uh, C Sharp uh, had a better attention when it was developed because Sun, who originally was the creator of Java, went bankrupt. And I remember like at the beginning, I think the big thing when I started out was like LinkU, which, uh, yeah, was, I think, quite a uh, interesting concept that they tried to bring over. And from there on, it it uh, took on some very interesting features. Do you remember some of the, the features that stick out from past versions that you thought are interesting? So, yeah, I think uh, there's there's they took a lot of concepts from uh, different languages. Like I, I've also did some things in uh, Delphi. So that's that's like the Pascal family um, and Java, like you mentioned. Yeah, a couple of things that they did really well, I think, uh, was the, the properties. Um, I think they have similar concepts in other languages as well. But uh, yeah, you know, the properties as they are, at least today in, in C Sharp, they're very easy to use. And um, uh, you can do very powerful stuff with them uh, without having a lot of extra code with backing fields, and et cetera, et cetera. Also, the whole async await, although it, it's getting harder and harder to uh, wrap your head around what to to use and how to do it. Uh, I think for a lot of people, but uh, you know, it's it's pretty awesome and and powerful stuff. Uh, I think that came at a later stage, but uh, it's it's still very uh, very cool that that's in there. So yeah, any other input from you? For me, I think the it's also one of those later features. I mean, from those very early days, I don't think I was very much in the know of of new features in C sharp at that point. If we're speaking like Visual Studio 2010 or something, that's that's 10 years ago. I, I hardly remember what I ate yesterday, but <laughs> like the, the whole null propagation um, with the, the question mark in front of the dots and all that stuff, I, I really like that as well, which is a more fairly recent addition. The famous Elvis operator. Is, is it that? I, I don't know. What, what's the story behind that? It's because when you look at it, because it's question mark and then the dots, so the dots are the eyes and the question mark swingy thing is like the hair of Elvis. Wow, I did not know that. Well, you're I welcome. learned something new today. Yes, thank you. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to do with this information. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Well, well, yeah, I mean, you can do the same thing as I do with my goldfish brain. Just forget all the essential stuff and just remember these facts that no one really needs to know. Yeah, that's good. I do that with board games and, and you know, well, the board games, you know, the, the 30 seconds kind of things where you have to do all the trivia stuff. I can do that. Yeah. Um, but what 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 other uh, just out of this is not C sharp related anymore. But what other uh, languages did you do? Oh boy, um, Delphi, like you mentioned as well. Some basic, like long, 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 long ago. Um, if you would even call it a language, VBA in Access and all that good stuff. We're digging deep in the barrel now, but mm, yeah. Um, C plus plus, like for seven weeks maybe and then i quickly <laughs> decided that that was not for me and maybe some java not a lot that's that's interesting uh i remember like when i started out um here in switzerland we got these apprenticeship um which is totally normal you can also go directly to uni but and there we learned first c and then we learned uh, java i think i also managed to write 
a couple of lines of PHP along the way, though I have uh, forgotten that. And um, yes, a bit of C++, and then uh, over to C Sharp, which I must say was very comfortable because I remember once having to do some C++ work and switching back to editors that were not Visual Studio. And they were not anyone as much fun as Visual Studio was. So I, <laughs> I, I knew then I am spoiled and I don't want to go back. <laughs> but um, yeah, another language that I picked up along the way was uh, Ruby. Um, I was working at a company and they used Ruby on Rails for uh, registering their time, or like making the time entries uh, for what, how much they work per day. And uh, I thought that was really interesting because I remember when Ruby on Rails was a hit um, that the C Sharp or the .NET ecosystem, they then started to make ASP.NET MVC, which was like the answer for Microsoft uh, to this uh, how to this way how Rails uh, did their stuff. And a lot of interesting frameworks also came out like uh, Entity Framework uh, with the migrations and stuff like that. And it was also the time, I think, when C Sharp started to adapt some dynamic features. So on the .NET runtime, you could then start using uh, languages like Iron Python and Iron Ruby. And since they are dynamic languages, the .NET framework then got uh, some dynamic features, uh, which are still present in C Sharp today. So you can actually make a dynamic type, which you can assign whatever you want to at runtime and then uh, use all the dynamic uh, patterns from dynamic languages, which I think is a... Yeah, uh, an interesting thing. And also something that you mentioned before, Gerald, uh, C Sharp has has got quite a bit of history uh, in it. And it also provides quite a few features that probably not many people are using today. Yeah, I think you can very much see the influences of uh, Java, also Delphi, I think. Um, Anders Heilsberg, I don't know if I pronounce it correctly. He's probably somewhere from Scandinavia. Uh, Denmark. Actually... Denmark. Well, there we go. Um, I I must say uh, I I didn't really know about this person until recently, uh, which is a funny story. But someone told me his heroes at Microsoft and was wondering how they fit in the organization. So, how could you not know the name? How could you not know that name? That's yeah. Like... So he he said like the same thing. Um, but you you know then I I went to suggest to him that. His three heroes at Microsoft were now um, this this Anders Heilsberg, um, Scott Guthrie, and Gerald Schlaus. So, um, and he he agreed with that. Uh, so you know that that made my day. Uh, but um, I mean, but he I think he is mostly responsible for like in Delphi uh, cutting the compile times, and I think he then went over to Microsoft and basically brought that knowledge with him. Um, so I think um, from from what I quickly read up on him uh, and the history is is that he played a great part in what came to be today. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, the interesting thing for me was like, uh, I remember when I was uh, so very young, a lot of people were talking about this Delphi thing. I never had the joy of writing any Delphi code, but um, Anders Halsberg was, was like the original author of Turbo Pascal. Uh, which then later like evolved. I'm, I don't know if it's really like that into Delphi. And then he uh, was also the lead architect for C Sharp and now the core developer on TypeScript. So it seems like uh, every language that he touched uh, came into some glorious existence. 
Yeah, yeah. But Stephen is very quiet, so I'm sure he doesn't know him as well. I have to respectfully say so that I yes. did not know this person. Yes. Oh man! Shame oh, on s- yellow savages! Savages! So <laughs> I must, I must honestly admit that I'm, I'm terrible at these naming, and I mean, I know Bill Gates, and that's about it, you know. Okay. I, mean, okay. I like programming, but programming history is, is not. Yeah, exactly. You also know Satya Nadella, right? I mean, who's that? He's your boss. Rings, well, rings you know. bells. I don't know. He know uh, he knows my name, so. Well, you never know. <laughs> yeah, and I think another another fun fact about C Sharp is uh, now the current uh, lead architect or lead developer or lead PM behind C Sharp is uh, Matt Storgerson. And I think Anders Hasberg and Matt Storgerson, they actually went uh, or, or came, come from the same region of, of Denmark, which uh, seems like uh, a lot of uh, good language designers seem to come out of that area of the world. There is a pattern here. Yeah. Hmm, interesting, interesting. Coincidence? I think not. Okay, so recent recent history. I'm, I'm much better at that because I do know uh, Matt Storgerson. I've seen a couple of sessions from him. And um, as you probably know as well, on the MVP Summit, there is also discussions on new features in uh, the C-Sharp language, amongst a lot of other sessions, of course. Um, and I, I, re- I don't know why I recall this session so distinctively, but... Uh, there was one session, I think, because people were pretty opinionated about this subject. Um, so you have this concept of basically parameters that you're not using uh, that you can now just put in the underscore. Um, so you're you're probably not going to ever reference them. So you're not even going to bother naming them. And that was being discussed there. Like what um, what character should we choose for those kind of parameters? That's just just one of the nice little backstories of MVPs that we have. At least the illusion of some influence on those kinds of things. But today it's all open source. So even these discussions about uh, new features for languages, uh, they're open for discussion. Um, So for the next uh, iteration of C Sharp, C Sharp 9, uh, there are actually discussions happening right now online. Um, they share blog posts about ideas, so they're not yet fully implemented, uh, how they will do stuff. And you can give feedback. And I think that's uh, it shows, again, once more how Microsoft has changed in these things, that they really value feedback and that they really want to have an open discussion and also hear, hear all the opinions that are out there. Definitely. But you know, that there is, of course, the other side. I mean, um, it's not as simple to say that they just ignore our advice, um, us being, in this case, MVPs at that time. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of different sides to this discussion, and they certainly value our opinions. Uh, they value everyone's opinions. But in the end, um, they, as the team that's going to create it, are still the ones that uh, get to make the decision, and they probably have a good reason to uh, make any kind of decision. But yeah, you, you're totally right. Everything happens more out in the open now, um, up for discussion. So that's I think that's a very good thing because they um, also have the opportunity to get feedback very early on, uh, see how people are finding things, what they love, what they don't love. Um, so that's that's something really good and everyone can can benefit from that. But what are things that, that came into recent C-sharp versions? I think right now we are... In C-sharp 8? Yeah, we have the new using statement, I guess you could call it. Um, before it would 
you would have to wrap specific bits of code around it. Now you just say using this and that, and it just goes for the scope where you put it. So that I think that's mainly just a language construct, not necessarily a, a new feature, I suppose. And and that's that's one of those things that I personally always struggle with. Like, how far do you want to take? How do you call it? The, the quick, simple language constructs. Like at at some point, I'm writing twenty question marks, and it does a lot of stuff. But when do I stop knowing what it actually does? Like it, the the verboseness of some of these things, I, I sometimes struggle with. I guess. Uh, but that's that's something that I see as well, especially with the question marks and the dots and the double question mark and the question mark is. Uh, there's there's a lot of variations out there right now. Um, and it doesn't necessarily make everything more readable, uh, but I guess that's for everyone themselves to decide what they a find more readable and b maybe not try to use everything in in one construction. Um, I mean, the fact that you can't do it doesn't necessarily mean that you should do it. Uh, I think that's true, and I think it's a it's also an interesting point that you touch up on. I mean, when when you look back at the history of C sharp, and since it's been here for a very very long time. Um, at, at the beginning, C sharp was a object oriented language, you know, like that came features out like generic types and stuff like that. And the longer on it went, I mean, they had once this uh, dynamic types, uh, I'll call them an episode. And uh, now it seems that a lot of the features that they're adding are coming from functional languages or functional concepts. And I personally, I like these question mark uh, operators because it allows me to write really terse code. And it also, in with the question mark dot um, operator, I mean, before you always had to write, if this thing is null, uh, or if this thing is not null, then do this. And now you can just uh, write that down and you have like one line of code. And it's re for me, it's really easy to use. Uh, sure, you have to train people. I think that's a downside of this. Uh, of having new features coming to the languages, you always have to learn the new the new things, and um, there are now multiple ways of doing certain expressions. Like they uh, replaced how you can make a function, so you now can have one line functions where you can now make an arrow sign, and uh, you have them that one line. And it's it's a question what style you want, and uh, I always say I think it's important that everybody adheres to the same style and. If you come to the conclusion in team that you'll stick with a with an older approach, I think it's okay. But I must say, I also really like these new features that allow us uh, to write a certain code more easily, and it just removes some of the clutter. I agree with the ones you mentioned here. Like I, I use those in a, in an everyday basis, like the the dot question mark and the the one line method blocks. Basically, those those really just clean up clutter. Basically. Um, but I guess for the other ones, maybe maybe we're just getting old. I don't know. Who old knows? man yells at cloud. Yes, yeah. yells at question marks in this in this case. Yeah. Did you did you ever use the feature where you get warnings when you compile uh, for null statements that you did not explicitly define as nullable? Oh, that's a big one, right? I see everyone going on about that. Like they enable that, and basically everything breaks. Well, it's not breaking. I think what you can do is you can say make make a warnings as compile errors, and then then yes, everything will break. Uh, but statistics show that the billion dollar mistake that we are doing in our industry is having nulls and having null 
point exception or null exceptions, argument null exceptions in C sharp. So I think it's really interesting, but I, I will admit I, I never enabled this thing in production code. Well, that's that's the thing. I, I never really tried it, uh, not, um, not myself. Maybe it was enabled while I didn't know it. Uh, that could be. But yeah, I mean, and that's also a good thing, right? I mean, it's it's definitely something that you should be aware of. So basically this feature makes you more aware of what you're actually doing. Uh, because if you're talking about all these languages, there's also like the level which they live at, right? I mean, C sharp is a is pretty high up um, in the stack of of where you are above the the processor, basically. So you start at like the ones and zeros, and you go up to assembly, and then uh, you you come up to C plus plus, and uh, each layer that you add uh, will make it easier for the developer, but gives you a little bit more overhead and thus. Uh, reduces performance a little bit. So that's why a lot of developers still um, really like C++ and, and a lot of games and that kind of stuff use C++ because it's very performant. Um, but the other side of that is that it will also make you like very, well, let's just call it lazy, right? Uh, because a lot of stuff is done for you. A lot of stuff is taken out of your hands um, and you don't know actually what is going on um, whenever you do something. So I think those kind of features really help you. There's probably seniors in your company that enable that setting uh, and you are going nuts over why that suddenly stops working. Um, and suddenly you have to start thinking about, okay, what are nulls? What are they doing? And, and how are they screwing up my code? Uh, so I, I think that's a good thing. Um, it, it makes you a little bit more aware. Um, and I like the fact that it's optional. So if you want to just be ignorant and turn it off, then you can. I, I just remember uh, these these discussions that Gerald mentioned before um, having with the C-sharp team. They're actually super um, careful to not introduce features that will break existing code. I think that's like a, one of the main things that they're actually looking after. So having this feature that uh, would... Um, show you that nulls are in your code and i mean they could have probably enabled it so that, that the compilation would actually break and i think it was a, a decision that the team made back then like well you know this can be really useful for some people that also really uh, want to be sure on this path but uh, there will be a lot of code already out there that has not been written this way if you look at other languages that don't have any nulls um, they will not have the problem that they have old code out there that uh, might then break. And uh, I think that's always something that you have to keep in mind. I mean, even if we are now looking at many years of C-sharp code, uh, you can still use C-sharp code that was written with uh, with the early versions and they will still run uh, today. Yeah, that's the other thing, right? I mean, it's it's. I think it's all backwards compatible uh, until eternity, right? Um, so nothing is taken away from you. You can still use all the things that are in... Uh, C sharp one. I don't know if that was a thing back then, but um, so so every concept. If that's the way you like it, you can do that. Um, if you want to use the new fancy stuff, you can do that too. It's fine as well, and you can even mix it and do it and do whatever. Uh, which is probably not recommendable if you're working in a team with people who have different personal styles. That's that's probably 
not what you want. And you can solve that with editor config files. You can enforce whatever you like there. And I think the other thing that we talked about a little bit earlier, like what do you adopt and what don't you adopt? I think if you see some feature that you like and you think like, hey, this I'm going to try this out and, and you pick it up very naturally and you start using it, then that's something that you should keep using. And if it's something that you look at and think like, oh, no, this doesn't make things any more readable, then um, yeah, you're probably going to drop it like more naturally, right? So it's basically just natural selection. So that pretty much beckons the question, is is a language ever done? Like C-sharp 9, it's, it's on the horizon somewhere. Is, is this just going to go on forever and ever and ever? Actually, that's a good one. Uh, Mark knows this. Uh, what is the release cycle for languages? Do you know? I'm not actually 100% sure. I do know that there are that there will be new version, at least one new version coming along. I thought they want to stick to a yearly release cycle on updates uh, for C Sharp. The next features that are coming will be more functional again. So you will have stuff like records or uh, with expression. So you can copy a struct and say, I want to keep all the items off the structs, but I want to change this one property in it. And uh, also value-based equality. Uh, like if you make equals on a default object, what you will do is uh, you will compare the reference and not actually the, the values that you have set in the properties, which is often what you actually want. And for me, who has been... Uh, dabbling with functional languages a lot lately. Uh, this is surely very interesting, but I, I could imagine for people that are not dabbling with functional languages, these features might not be as cool as a async await. Yeah, but they can still use all the cool bits that are out there today. Absolutely. And that wraps up this episode on C Sharp and languages and all the cool experiences we've had with those. We've been your hosts, Stephen Davison. Gerald Flows. And Mark Alibone. We look forward to hearing from you on our Twitter at nullpointers.io if you have any memorable C-sharp moments that you want to share. So thanks for listening, stay safe, and we hope to hear you next week on Null Pointers. Mm-hmm.